the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, family, it's Bishop Derek Greer, and I invite you to fuel up, get fired up, and have an awesome fellowship with me and the Grace Church family this Resurrection Sunday. It will all happen at the gorgeous Hilton Performing Arts Center in Manassas, Virginia. There'll be room for all and a special treat for elementary school children in attendance. For more information, go to gracechurchva.org slash resurrection. That's gracechurchva.org slash resurrection, and we will see you there. Hello, this is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Today we will hear a classic message from our archives that we believe will be a blessing to you and give you principles to live big in Christ. Let's join Bishop Greer for this classic teaching. We're going to pray and get moving. Father, we thank you for your word. You sent your word and healed them all. We receive healing today. We receive insight, truth today in our inward parts. We are open. We are hungry. Meet us in this moment and we'll give you all the honor and all the glory. And the church says, Amen. Amen. John chapter 20, beginning with the ninth verse. The disciples had just visited the empty tomb. And verse 9 says, they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Even though we experience things with our own eyes and ears, we cannot really fully understand them until we grasp them through the light of Scripture. The Bible says the disciples went back to where they were staying. So after they saw this empty tomb, the, the men withdrew. They needed time to process all that was meant there. But I want you to see the contrast between Mary and these men. Now the men went to think about it, but Mary stood because she felt it. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And we all handle crisis in different ways. The men again wanted to think. And Mary wanted to weep. She stood outside the tomb crying. She had an intuition that perhaps only another woman could really appreciate and understand. The term crying there literally means loud wailing. It was customary for close friends of the deceased and family to mourn at least seven days where they didn't wash, 
They didn't work. They didn't do anything that would bring pleasure. Friends would just come over. They'd sit on the floor. They'd weep. They'd pour ashes on their head. And they'd just cry. Scripture says, as she wept. I really get this part. I wish I didn't get this part. But this woman was overwhelmed with disappointment in God. Ever felt let down because God didn't do things the way you expected? No one would expect that the Messiah would come and have to die. And then even if he would die, who would die such a cruel death? Scripture says, as she wept, she bent over. We need to learn from this woman. Even in our moments of greatest hurt, we must remember to bow down. This woman was willing to bend over and look again into the tomb. She was willing to take another look. Lord, maybe I've not yet seen everything. Lord, please give me your angle on this. Father, this is too painful for me to wrap my head around, and I'm going to keep looking to where I saw you last, and hopefully I'll see something I've yet to see. The men retreated to think about it, but this woman stood praying. I want you to watch closely what happens here. And she saw as she stood two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. Of all the details that could have been recorded, why is the location of the two angels mentioned here in Holy Scripture? Bear with me as we flesh this out. Hebrews 10 and 1. Scripture says, the law is only a shadow. The law and its ceremonies were merely an outline of the good things that are coming. But they were not the reality themselves. Every minute detail in the tabernacle of Moses was designed to be a shadow to point us toward what we would experience in the kingdom of God. God told Moses to build this tabernacle after the pattern that God himself would show him. And what God did is God showed him a a picture of the heavenly tabernacle and Moses' job was to duplicate it on earth again because it would point the worshipers to ultimately what would happen in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Exodus 25 and verse 17. All the furniture of the tabernacle was very, very important. But the most significant article of furniture was the Ark of the Covenant and and particularly the mercy seat or the very top of the Ark of the Covenant. Let's take a closer look. Verse 17, God is speaking to Moses. He said, Moses, make an atonement cover. In the King James Version, 
make a mercy seat. In the Greek Septuagint, it is called the hilasterion. That's the term translated mercy seat, hilasterion in the Septuagint. Make an atonement cover of pure gold, two and a half cubits long, and a cubit and a wide uh, and a half wide. And make two cherubim out of hammered gold at the ends of the cover. Where are the cherubim positioned? At both ends. Is anyone beginning to see a parallel? Make one cherub on one end and the second cherub on the other. Make the cherub of one piece with the cover at the two ends. Now, the entire top or the mercy seat was comprised of solid gold, and it was extremely, extremely heavy. What the mercy seat represents in our lives is extremely, extremely heavy. The cherubim are to have their wings spread upward, overshadowing the cover with them. Now, Greg should show you a picture on the screen. The angels' wings, you see, are spread out, indicating that they were ready at any moment to swoop into action. These guys were ready. They, they, they were ready to, to just move at, at the slightest provocation. The cherubim are to face each other, looking down toward the cover. Now, these carved angels their entire focus was on what happened on this mercy seat. They weren't looking around the room. They weren't even looking up to God. All these angels looked at was, again, what happened on the atonement cover. This was their fixed focus. Place the cover on top of the ark and put in the ark. Would you show us picture number two? Now, if you... See picture number two. It's an illustration of the Ark of the Covenant. And you notice that the mercy seat was removable. And objects were put inside the Ark. The bud of Aaron. The almonds that budded. Help my tongue here. <laughs> Manna was put in a jar and placed in this covenant box. But I want you to see what else is put there. Back to verse 21. Place the cover on top of the ark and put in the ark the tablets of the covenant that are over the ark of the covenant of the law. I will meet with you there. Where will God meet with us? Between the cherubim on the mercy seat above, above the tablets of the law. And there he will give you all my commands for the Israelites. Again, where would God speak to us? Between the cherubim on the mercy seat, but above the tablets of the law. If you need to hear from God, you need to learn about the atonement cover. You need to understand some truths about this Mercy seat. Stay with me. 
Leviticus 16, verse 15. Every year, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest entered the holies of holies. And this was God's instruction. He shall then slaughter the goat. This is on the Day of Atonement. For the sin offering for the people and take its blood behind the curtain and do with it as he did with the bull's blood, meaning sprinkle it seven times. He shall sprinkle it on the atonement cover or the mercy seat and in front of it. Now, the blood of bulls was sprinkled for the sin of the high priest. But the blood of the goat was sprinkled for the sins of the people. Where was it sprinkled? On the mercy seat. Where is the location of the Ten Commandments? Under the mercy seat. As God looked down from heaven on the mercy seat at the Ten Commandments, he could only see the Ten Commandments through sprinkled blood. He could only look at the law through the place where justice had been satisfied, sin pardoned, and all who were believed accepted because of the blood of the scapegoat. There were two angels at the head and feet of Jesus. Romans 3 and verse 21 The writer says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory that God wanted us to have. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him. Christ as the sacrifice of atonement. Now, the term there translated sacrifice of atonement is the Greek word hilasterion, the same word used for the mercy seat. Let's read it again. God presented Christ as the hilasterion, the mercy seat, through the shedding of his blood. What is he saying? He's saying that Jesus was the literal mercy seat of God. If we accept Jesus and his sacrifice, God will forever look down on us through the sprinkled blood of Jesus. God will look at the place where justice was satisfied. The wages of sin is death. God would not wink at sin. Sin was onerous. Sin is wicked. God, God, God hates his wrath rests permanently on sin. So God had to deal with sin. We're not talking mamby-pamby. We are the world. We are the people. We're not talking about new age. We're talking about a holy God. And our holy God will not tolerate sin. 
So at the cross, God had to satisfy his justice and his mercy simultaneously. So at the cross, Jesus took the wrath of God. He was our substitute. Everything that happened to him ought to have happened to me. But we see in the Old Testament economy that God permitted substitution. But ultimately, it's not the blood of bulls and goats that can save us. When you're offering a sacrifice, you know, or you're offering something for sin, you need to use something at least of equal or greater value than the thing that was sinned against or the weight of the sin itself. Are are you with me? Every time God looks at me, he has to look at Jesus. Jesus is the place in his body was the place when they whipped him and beat him. His body was the place that justice was satisfied. His blood was shed because we uh, to, to, to release our pardon. And because of him, we are accepted, the Bible says, in the beloved. Back to John 20 and 12. And Mary saw two angels in white. Why? Seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head and the other at the foot. Mary saw a picture that only later she would understand. But today we have the privilege of looking back. And realizing that the wings of the angels were stretched over that, that place where they laid his body. Are you hearing me? And forevermore, every time God the Father would look at us, those of us that have entered the kingdom. He would look at us through the blood that came out of that body. Are you hearing me? God cannot look at me through the law. The law was under the blood. God is not looking at my faults. He's looking at Christ's perfection. And he treats me accordingly. Hebrews 10 verse 3. The writer of Hebrews says what I've already said, but I want you to see it in black letter. Everything of the tabernacle was designed to point to Jesus. It was just temporary. It was just an indication, but it wasn't the real thing. The writer says it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So you have to then ask, what was all that blood about in the tabernacle? All of it was pointing to what you and I have experienced, the resurrection life of Jesus. All of it was pointing to the finished work of Christ on Calvary. It was so profound that God didn't just leave it to words. He wanted to paint a picture. And, and every year when, when the, the, the children of Israel, the high priests and, and their white robes and, and then they accomplished and did all the things of sacrifice is all pointing to what would happen in the person of Jesus. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, listen. That's enough of the tutors. That's enough of 
the shadow. And here's the problem with some of us. We love shadows. And let me ask you a question. If I was overseas, and many of you in the military, when you go overseas, you, you take the pictures of your loved ones with you. And when you can't see them, you, you look at the picture because they're far away. But the Bible says we've been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Now, while I'm away from my dear wife and my children, I might kiss the picture. I might hug on the picture. I'm certainly going to look at that picture. But wouldn't it be strange if after returning stateside, instead of looking at my wife and my children, I looked at their picture on the wall. When Jesus came, there was no longer a need to look at the things that only were a picture of the realities that were to come. On this side of Calvary, we're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We, we, don't, we don't have to look. You hear what I'm saying? The blood of bulls and goats were just a picture. But now we can literally hug on God. Now we can smell the fragrance of the goodness of God. Now we can experience that which we only had a picture of at one point. In history. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering the blood of bulls and goats you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. It's ludicrous to think that an animal could atone for sin. The only sacrifice that could satisfy God's justice would be something of equal or greater worth. Back to John 20 and verse 12. Looks like we're going to have one of the quickest Easter Sundays ever. We're wrapping up. And Mary saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. Hebrews 9 and 11. We're going to go one more place and we're through after this. But when Christ came as the high priest of the good things that are now already what? We had a picture in the tabernacle. We had a picture in the law. But now we don't need those pictures anymore. Because it's all present. He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle. What the writer is referencing is that after Jesus died, he didn't go into the earthly tabernacle. He went into heaven, into the heavenly tabernacle. And a blood was not, a bull was not killed at the, the brazen altar in heaven. He walked in there with his own blood. He walked past the brazen uh, 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 altar, past the brazen laver. He, he, he walked past the, 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 the table of shoe bread. He walked past the, the golden uh, uh, candlesticks. He, he walked past the, 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 uh, the, the uh, altar of incense. And he walked right through the curtain 
And he put a drop of his blood on the mercy seat. Symbolizing that for eternity, whenever God looks at you and I, God has to look at us through that blood. Whenever God considers his holy and righteous standard, whenever God considers the requirements of his law, he will only look at them through the blood of the lamb that was slain. He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, meaning not the tabernacle on earth, but that in heaven. That is to say, not the tabernacle that's part of this creation. He did not enter by the means of the blood of goats or calves, but Jesus entered the most holy place once and for all time by his own blood, thus obtaining an eternal what? Redemption. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in again next time as we continue this classic teaching with Bishop Breer. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Hey, family, it's Bishop Derek Greer, and I invite you to fuel up, get fired up, and have an awesome fellowship with me and the Grace Church family this Resurrection Sunday. It will all happen at the gorgeous Hilton Performing Arts Center in Manassas, Virginia. There'll be room for all and a special treat for elementary school children in attendance. For more information, go to gracechurchva.org slash resurrection. That's gracechurchva.org slash resurrection, and we will see you there. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.